the bubble wrap. We're back to recap Friday, August 7th's NBA action from Disney World. Shout out to everyone joining us live right now on YouTube and to all of you podcast listeners by way of the Athletic Network and Apple and Spotify, wherever you get your No Dunks classics. I'm J.D. Skeets and joining us tonight, as always, it's Tass Mellis. Pop, pop, people. Pop, pop, Tass. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend. Mm. Last but not least, making the magic happen, JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are on a Friday night, firing it up early because the Celtics, the Beantown boys, killing the raps. We'll get to that in a second, but before <laughs> we do, first up, guys, we actually made two donations today thanks to all of you out there that bought t-shirts at nodunks.com over the last couple of months. So thank you to everybody that bought shirts. We made our second donation, I guess it was. This one over $500 to the American Nurse Foundation. Sold another like 80 plus Windy City No Dunks tees. So all of those proceeds went to some of our most important healthcare workers. And then we made a large donation to Black Lives Matter for sales from our Webby t-shirt that you guys bought. Something like 250 of those went out the door. So our donation, $1,600 plus to BLM Initiative. So thank you. To everyone out there that bought t-shirts over the last couple months, keep buying them. Nodunks.com. In fact, guys, we got a new t-shirt dropping on Monday. Mm, Merch alert! Merch alert, baby! So uh, keep an eye on that. And again, sincere thanks to everyone. All of of our proceeds went to those two causes, so that's great. Tass, I wanted to ask you before we got into it. um, I saw your Instagram accounts today. Your stories or whatever you uh, looked. Was it today? I think. I guess you were doing it today. Did you go and vote today at State Farm Arena with the Hawks? Well, I am unable to vote I'm, unless I'm doing it illegally. And voter fraud—it's not that rampant as some would say. So, no, I did not vote. <laughs> and, and I am illegally uh, here. No, I'm not illegally here. Uh, I'm legally here, but I cannot vote. But I just wanted to see democracy at work, Skeets. I went down there because oh. the Atlanta Hawks have stepped up. Big time. Uh, recently in, in the state of Georgia, it's become a joke on election day uh, that uh, the state of Georgia has people waiting in line for hours and hours and hours. People get in line at 7 a.m., don't move for another hour, take another step, take another step, because the voting machines are broken for some crazy reason. So the state of Georgia has become the laugh- laughing stock of the country on a couple of occasions recently, so the Atlanta Hawks stepped up and said, how do we fix this? We've got this big stinking arena. We're not playing basketball right now. Uh, there's an election on August 11th, and so they opened it up for early voting. So lots of room, lots of social distancing happening. And uh, So you went down to check it out? Yeah, yeah, respect, I went down to respect. check it out. I actually thought you could vote for some reason, because you're, of course, married to, a, to an American, and you have your green card, but I guess it takes a while, right, to actually... Legally need to be a citizen. Yeah. In most elections, definitely need to be a citizen. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, have I voted? No, but uh, have I voted through Danielle's hands? Sort of. <laughs> right. Sort of. Right. Uh, but yeah, the family Hawks. Vote. A family vote. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah I, I tell people who they should vote for. That's not, I'm not supposed to do that. Anyway, um, the Hawks have stepped up and four other NBA teams are doing the same thing, opening their facilities uh, for elections. The, the Pistons, the Bucks. The Kings and the Hornets have done it. Other teams are in discussion and other teams, other sports leagues are are potentially doing it as well. So it's a great thing. And all people down there at the arena were all Hawks employees that have been trained. So no one has been laid off uh, during this hiatus. They're all working. Yeah, it is cool. It was cool. I was like, 
have I bought popcorn from that person? I think so. I think so. So yeah, it was a good time down there. Awesome. All right, well, let's get into some quick game recaps. I say quick because today was a bit of a stinker. This may have been the worst day we had from NBA bubble action. Uh, The closest game, I guess, was seven points. It wasn't really all that close either. I think it was that Sixers win. But I think I can hear the music. Yeah, I can. The game is still actually going on here. They're up 30. Well, nope, the Raptors just cut it to 27. The Beantown Boys with a big, big victory over the Raptors. Uh, Dominant performance. I mean, Toronto was garbage in the first half. They couldn't shoot the ball at all. 3 of 18 from 3. 10 turnovers. And you thought, okay, they, you know, this, we've watched a million basketball games. You, you get like the 15, 20-point lead. That can be gone in a second as soon as you start hitting some shots. But the Celtics dominant third quarter. They pushed the lead to 34. It got bigger than that at one point. And uh, a big quality win here for the Celtics. Um, these two teams could meet in, meet in the second round, and the Raptors were undefeated. They no longer, no longer are. The Suns are the only team. Tass or anybody who wants to take this one, you know, biggest takeaway from uh, the Celtic beatdown. The Beantown boys are happy. Yes, uh, this was uh, a legitimate win for the Celtics. A legitimate win because the Raptors were playing at full strength and they were trying, and Boston were just a better team. The only real takeaway, though, uh, Kemba Walker looked pretty good. Hit a couple of shots out there for the Celtics, and they're going to try to use a game like this to get his legs back under him because uh, he hasn't uh, he hasn't been playing. He's on a minutes restriction. They're trying to get him playoff ready. So uh, a good sign for them today. But um, yeah, no, there's not really much you can say. Boston was just better everywhere tonight, hitting shots, and the Raptors. You know, not to make any excuses, but uh, after they'd had such a strong opening to this bubble, they uh, didn't seem to have bring it tonight from the start. And uh, and Boston pounded them and deserved this uh, pretty convincing victory. Yeah, one of the few duds all season for the Raptors, but the Celtics just look great, you know. Uh, Jalen Brown did a really good job defensively. They have so many good defensive players on the Celtics that they're able to throw out five or six different guys who can actually guard their position and then contribute offensively as well, right? Like Jason Tatum, also a pretty good defensive player for a guy who's going to be scoring 25 a game. Celtics just look great tonight, and, uh, you know, I guess it's some. It's good to be reminded that the Celtics are still a team that can push the Raptors as that team that we're expecting to be in the Eastern Conference Finals along the alongside the Bucks, There are three teams in the East that I think could make the Eastern Conference Finals. But, you know, for the first week and a half of the, the restart, it's been all Raptors all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a, you know, we're getting a big green hat rubbed in our homer faces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, what'd you think, Tess? They lack the spunk, that's for sure. Uh, on the defensive end especially. And, and the Raptors are so good defensively. They like turning defense into offense. Especially, it's just like their mojo. I mean, they got to be playing good defensively and then everybody is working on the offensive end because they do it by committee. And this, on one of these nights where they weren't really flying around defensively, this is a kind of night where you need Pascal Siakam to sort of, sort of take over. Especially because Lowry's taken over in this bubble, Fred Van Vliet's taken over in this bubble, and Pascal's been fine offensively at a 22-point night. And maybe this is going to be a, a team by committee uh, if they're going to get it done offensively because, you know, is Pascal going to be able to be a superstar? But when things aren't going well, it'd be nice. It's it's always nice to have one guy be able to take over. And you saw it in the second half. Nick Nurse was looking for Pascal Siakam to get going, and he designed a post play for him, and, and he did get right. going. But, yep. but then it's it slowed down. It just wasn't it just wasn't happening anywhere. And and so I mentioned those three guys. You know, Lowry's not going to be great every night. Fred VanVleet 
he's going to be finals MVP if they win, but he's not going to be great every night. Marcus Gasol, we all saw him slim down coming into the, the bubble. Can this 35-year-old sort of have a flashback, flash in the pan? Maybe once in a blue moon, but that's unlikely. And, and Pascal, as I look over my left shoulder here, is it happening? No, they're still getting crushed. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that would be nice if he could step into that superstar role sometimes. And these are the types of nights that if, if they're going to win, if they're not going to do it by committee for four out of seven games, which is hard to do. It's just hard to do. So Paskey's got to show up. And we still haven't seen a superstar game from him in the bubble quite yet. Yeah, and I don't know if it's going to come against the Celtics. Um, he is an all-star. He's incredible. But Jalen Brown on him is a problem. On, mm. He's so damn good defensively. Uh, th- that's not shocking news. Everybody knows that. The guy is just moves his feet. He's got some strength to him, too. So it's not like Siakam. You're right. They did go to him right there at the start of the third quarter. He got deep position on him. Little spin, classic Siakam spin and scored. But otherwise, I thought... I thought, especially in the first half, Siakam was getting his shots. He was attacking, but they were not easy. And I know he likes those little crazy little flip-ups there. He kisses off the glass at weird angles. But Jalen Brown, I thought, did a really good job of staying in front of him, moving his damn feet, and not bailing him out by reaching in. Um, So that'll be tough, though he's going to have better games if these two teams uh, meet up. Siakam will. The other thing of note, I would say from this, uh, my final note, the Celtics went to, to Time Lord. Uh, the first big off the bench, uh, Robert Williams, who had a really good game for them. Um, oh, 10 points right now. I might get a couple more late here if he gets back in there in only 11 minutes. And uh, just the athleticism, that makes sense to me if you're the Celtics or Brad Stevens to put a guy like him in um, to at least try and allow your defense to switch it up a lot, like the, like the Raptors do on the other end. They got a lot of guys that can switch on other guys, and you're not really going to get exploited I thought that was a, a smooth move. I mean, I don't know. Is he showing his cards too early here with Nick Nurse? Who knows? But uh, well, those Celtics, are my takeaways. Yeah, You know, the Celtics wanted to get this win as a just as a sort of like, hey, we can beat this team, you know, because they've been playing hot and they came out, again, with their full squad. So the Celtics, uh, there was no no load managing at all from, in, in this game. The Celtics wanted to sort of send a message. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think Robert Williams does have a role to play in a series uh, against this team because he's mm-hmm. something a little bit different. And... That's what it comes down to in the playoffs, matchups. And, and you know, you talk about the Jalen Brown there and Pascal. There's, there's no question that that's a, that's a tough matchup for Pascal Siakam. It's just the good thing for the Raptors is they do have other players who can step up and, and carry the load if Pascal, you know, is uh, sort of slowed down somewhat by Jalen. But, but Jalen's strong. He's athletic. He's quick. You mentioned he's um, moving his feet. He sort of, he can match everything that Pascal can do. So uh, it, it just makes it. You know, as you're seeing uh, so many times in basketball, so there's that one guy who can just kind of um, nullify that other player, and right. uh, and it can really affect a, a series. So, um, you know, Boston Boston would feel pretty good about going up against the Raptors. Uh, you know, just because they're a confident team and they've they've got players who are capable of doing it. And then if Tatum, who after that, uh, you know, it was about a week ago, he had that awful game. Uh, since then, he's really found his groove again. And um, you know, I mean, he he in that third quarter, the start of the third quarter. I think he scored maybe ten points in a row there for Boston, and uh, and just yeah, just sort of got his shot from three, went inside. He's got that little floater. So uh, yeah, he hit a couple of floaters there. Yeah, back to back, if I remember correctly. Might, yeah. might have some low scoring games between these two teams. I think yep. we all we all talk about the Raps defense, but the Celtics are right up there as well. And Trey mentioned, you know, Tatum is a very good defender when when he wants to be. He they're, they're really long, they're really good, and so yeah, we could get some uglies if the Raps defense stepped up. Um, yeah, I think Tatum is, you know, it's, it's a Tatum-Siakam thing. You know, if these two uh, defenses really step up, which guy can sort of 
be better than a good defense mm-hmm. uh, because they're the superstars of, of either team. So tonight, yeah, yeah, it was it was Dudley out there for sure, big <laughs> fat dud for the reps. We all should have showed up wearing green hats tonight in honor of the Beantown Boys, honor of Chief. Um, I think a super fan was on the virtual board yeah. tonight. He made an appearance. I know he didn't have uh, front row seats though. He was like in the third row off to the side there. Lee, I don't know what happened, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. uh, nice to have Nav in attendance. I think he said, "Yeah, you're surrounded by Celtics fans." So uh, that was all right. You're safe in that environment to be surrounded by the opposing team's fans. So good to see Nav. Good to see him. Game's over, by the way. Celtics win by 22, and it wasn't really all that close. That's a dominant win. All right, let's keep it going here. Um, Raptors' first loss in the bubble. Grizzlies get their first W of the bubble. They stay in control, too, of the eighth spot. Defeated the Thunder 121 to 192. Another blowout. Um, so they're looking good. They needed this. We had been debating over the last couple nights. Could they go 0 for 8 here? And if they do, I mean, they could just straight up fall out of the Mega Bowl. But this was a huge one, Tass, in terms of, like, with what else happened today and a couple other teams losing, they're really, truly in control of at least being in the Mega Bowl versus maybe, you know, like a Blazers team because they just had such a nice lead coming into this thing. Only needed a couple wins, and they got one today. A really, you know, really solid win against the Thunder team that was trying for the most part. Huge win. Grizzlies stepped into the ring and they got a W finally. They uh, were they were obviously the, the spunkier team uh, against OKC. And walking into that game, they finally got a break as far as injuries go because Steven Adams didn't play on the other end. And they are the ones that have been suffering the injuries. And so with Steven Adams down, Jonas Valanciunas was, was eaten. And uh, so that, that was important. That was important for them. And they got off to a great start. And yeah, this is, you know, a... a just the level that they should be playing at. Dylan Brooks finally had a good game, so they they just overall had a good game. And they, yeah, you're right, Skis. They just needed a W, and now things are looking a heck of a lot better. It's good that they got this one out of the way because they play those two teams that just met Toronto and Boston next, and then they've got Milwaukee at the end. So they could get in with one win, but maybe they face a Milwaukee team that uh, is shorthanded at the end. But yeah, the one win was, this was definitely the most important. This They literally could go one and seven and still get in. Uh, so just uh, some luck to walk in there. And Dylan Brooks, it's nice to see some shots go down. W. Oh, it's been a long time. I saw someone tweet, Dylan Brooks shot better than 50% from the floor for the first time since February. Been a while. Been a while <laughs> since he had a really good shooting game. But uh, Tolliver getting the start too, Lee. Um, playing all right. Uh, hit some shots. He played like 25, 26 minutes. Yeah. I mean, uh, went. a guy like him, you go out there and you expect him to knock down threes. That's all he does. He's done, he's, he's done that for his career. But the, yes. uh, the Grizzlies... They started were, him, right? The dad of the NBA. The Grizzlies were that down... That guy eight. was starting for the Trailblazers this year. He is the yeah. ultimate breaking case of emergency. Hey, yeah. we need somebody who's a power forward. Can you make a three? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure, Why I not? can. I mean, they need any sort of offense. But they were down big early, too, down 18 points. Um, so, you know, it looked like it was going to be another disaster for them. But then uh, the Thunder just didn't look all that interested in the second half. Um, and it was kind of weird because the Thunder could have used this win. They would have pulled in, into a tie with the Rockets. And now they drop uh, They drop in right now. They are sixth. And they're half a game back of the Jazz, so um, maybe they want to be six. Well, that's a, that's what that's I was what thinking. I mean, are thinking. yeah, because they would now face the Nuggets, and I, I, if that's accurate, they obviously want to face the Nuggets over the Rockets, which uh, 
I would rather them face the Rockets because I want I want that series. I want the <laughs> OKC Houston series. I think it'd be great anyway. But um, a little unusual that they would uh, sort of mail that one in right now. I thought, but uh, we'll see. Maybe we're not. Maybe they've got a bigger play in mind later on. I'm not sure, but. Uh, I mean, they miss Stephen Adams. He, he, you know, he's a big presence for them defensively. Noel's uh, nowhere near as good, and uh, but Chris Paul just didn't. He was like, oh, not not today, fellas." So uh, <laughs> if he's not if he's not putting in a hundred percent, then clearly they they're, they're uh, not trying to win the game. Oh, Lee, I was thinking of you watching this game early today. See the Jaws uh, scary fall oh, there. Yeah. Oh boy! <laughs> I was like, "Oh, oh god!" It didn't look oh, good the way he landed, it's, it's, but uh, uh, he's rubber bounce right back up yeah i know i know i just the thing is and he needs like a scary enough fall that he kind of reels it in a little bit <laughs> we still want to be excited to watch him but i don't want him to have a just an awful fall that like you know like a oh one of those nasty ones that could knock him out for six months or something like that but uh but he's young and, and he's athletic and you know that's what happens you play the way that, that that's the way a lot of guys play they just come in and think they can dunk all over everybody they think they're uh they are just going to bounce back up and uh so far he has, but, uh, oh, man, tough. It's tough. Trey, do you uh, like the Grizzlies' chances now after getting this first W of being in the Mega Bowl? Well, I didn't like it through one quarter. I was like, uh-oh, they're going to do it. They're going to go 0 for 8. This is the team that it was going to be, and then they actually played like they had something to play for because they did. It was a must-win game for them. They won, and having the advantage of being in the eighth seed to begin with, having that little bit uh, of a lead and now actually getting a win, they're in the driver's seat. Uh, and they've got to be feeling good getting the monkey off their back of having no wins yeah. and having having it look like you're just completely overwhelmed by the moment. Now they look like they showed up in a clutch spot. So, yeah, they got to be feeling good going from here on out. That being said, are they playing as well as the Blazers are? They're likely opponent? Not a chance. Uh, they still got to be frightened about actually losing the eighth seed, but worry about that when the time comes. Right. Well, one of the teams chasing them, uh, the Spurs defeated the Salt Lake City Stars. I mean, the Utah Jazz, 119-111. <laughs> Four starters out for Utah. Ingles didn't play the second half. Spurs improved to 3-2 and two down there, and, uh, you know, they are still on the heels of the Blazers trying to chase the ninth seed, trying to get in there. I have literally nothing else to add from this. I mean, there were no Utah Jazz guys really playing. but There was a guy on the court wearing number 81. I was like, <laughs> an 81 during a regular season game? <laughs> Not very often. No, that's pretty rare. So anything else to add, Tass? I don't know how much you watched to this one. No, no, no. Was that uh, Maya Oni? Uh, Trey was that the, per- the person who was wearing number eighty one? There was an Oni playing. I know that. Sure, I, I was like, who yeah, the hell is that? Yeah, yeah it was your, Oni. Okay, um, that's your, uh, isn't that your friend Tassie, the homie? The homie. <laughs> <laughs> close. My, my Oni. <laughs> <laughs> Very close to my homie Mike Nomi for sure. But that was my Oni. Uh, yeah, awesome. I'm Mia Oni. Good stuff. No, right. I got nothing to add. Nothing yeah. to add. I don't think Craig Bowler Jacker. Or uh, Matt Harpering had anything to add. I, this was Thurl Bailey. T- Thurl Bailey was on the call. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we talk about golf, baseball being the perfect nap sports. This was the perfect nap game today. Mm. Mm-hmm. So funny you said that. I took a nap today, and it was during this game, and it was <laughs> refreshing. Uh, yeah, once. Hey, that's... man, Derek White did good. Derek White did good out there. Remember, we talked about Derek White a lot during the last season's playoffs. Seemed to have a nondescript year, and he's back. He's hitting threes. Yeah, he's definitely hitting enough threes. Rudy Gay, I saw, had a big dunk down the lane. That was one of the highlights I caught Mm -hmm. from this. Um, That woke me up. 
Spurs got the yeah. win. Um, a team also chasing, of course, the Grizzlies and the Blazers trying to get into the Mega Bowl, the Pelicans. Now, from this one, the big news was Zion Williamson Lee getting rest. Okay, he didn't play. Pelicans still won. They beat the Wizards, yeah. uh, 118-107. Gentry said the decision goes back to Zion not playing back-to-backs you know, through the season when he came back from injury. Though Andrew Lopez of ESPN noted, Zion did play in a back-to-back situation in early March. He played a lot of minutes. I mean, he played 33 minutes on March 3rd, and then he played like 35 minutes on March 4th. So it did happen. Uh, That was the only time, the only incident. So he doesn't play in this because he had just played, you know, what, 22 minutes uh, last night or on Thursday night in the loss to the Kings. Like, I mean, they're like, they, they, they got the win, so that's good. They're still alive, but they really obviously don't care all that much of like getting into this playoffs like right yeah i i, I guess uh I, I guess i'm going to take alvin gentry's word and just say they just they know that this season is going to end sometime next week and they want to keep him healthy i guess until then so that he goes into the off season without an injury um so maybe they're just like you know what, what why why risk it until he's at full strength and at full health there's no point in him going down there and playing in these back-to-back. So uh, let's just... How many games have got left? Maybe three? Three, I think. Yeah, three. he'll probably play in... Uh, I would think at least one or two of those. But maybe their thing is if, let's say, something was to happen and he was to get injured again, maybe then people are like, why are you playing him that many minutes down there in the bubble? You're not going to make it now anyway. I, I don't know. It's, it seems a little bit um, cagey what's going on. But... Um, yeah, I mean the it's Pelicans. Extremely cautious. I mean, yeah, the guy, yeah. the kid played twenty minutes. Like he didn't. You know, he didn't I mean, go full tilt the game before. No, I, mean, I, know, I, I know. I get they I got the game plan, but I don't and know. remember before this started, we saw the photo of him look, looking ripped, like he looking like he was ready to go. Like now, that's a different to conditioning, of course, in the yeah. game. Um, but I, I sort of took from that that they were saying, look, he's been working hard. He's ready to go down there, um, but clearly. They were, you don't run they, with your biceps, Lee. No, no, Come you on, don't. Man. You don't. But you know, in that first game, remember he only played, uh, I think, fifteen or sixteen minutes, and then uh, and then he did come back and play on the in the game where they closed it out. He did look uh, gassed at times, though. Yeah, no, we he absolutely, about he absolutely and gassed. Puffing. And so and so yeah. maybe that was a thing this morning. Uh, I'm not sure if this was premeditated, if they said that or not. But maybe this morning woke up and he was a bit sore, and, and they said, you know what, forget it then. Don't don't worry about it. So, but um, that's the thing. I, we just want that messaging to be. Uh, to be transparent, I guess, from the Pelicans. And, and this, this last week or so, it left a few question marks as to exactly what's going on there. But, uh, you know, why not, why not rest him if there's any doubt that, uh, that he might be sore or could pick up another injury? I guess the positive is they're playing the Washington Wizards. So uh, they're, pretty, <laughs> they're pretty shorthanded too. And, and you know, we've we got to remember Zion Williamson missed a lot of this early training camp here in July. He left uh, for a family emergency, then came back. And then, you know, as far as playing a back-to-back scenario, hey, he's a kid. Hey, he's already played one earlier this season in March. Well, that was it was after six weeks of playing. That wasn't, you know, his mm-hmm. first for his first week Definitely of playing. Definitely different circumstance for sure. Yeah, I, you know, it's something that obviously us four dudes were sitting there. We watched the Spurs Jazz. It wasn't the most entertaining game. It's great to see Derek White playing again. But yeah, the second game comes on. And of course, we want to see Zion Williamson playing. But sometimes, even for us who who eat and breathe this stuff, it's even a little refreshing to hear from an executive. And I read David Aldridge's story with Swin Cash, who's a Pelicans VP of Basketball Ops and Team Development. And, and she basically said, well, here, I'll quote her. If anything were to happen, oh my goodness, they'd be ripping us a new one. 
fire them all, they would say. So they're keeping them on the plan designed by the medical staff. It's not it's not up to Gentry. It's not even up to Griff. They're just they're mm-hmm. just saying and, and Cash Swing Cash said the medical staff said you know you got to do this and she said no one will care if we made the playoffs a few years from now if we're doing well but it's the microwave mentality and all these dweebs talking on YouTube and Spotify at the end of the night and uh, yeah they're they're keeping him on this plan so they're just she said they're not kowtowing to the microwave mentality and hey we want to be it we want to see him play but I guess it's the right thing. I don't okay, know. Okay, it I'm might not be the, the right thing, field. but it was mixed messages. There's no doubt, right from the jump. I mean, we talked about it in the first couple of shows. It's like, what what are they doing? What's the plan here? Where was he even? What happened? I know, I know they do not need to disclose that. If it was a family emergency, sure, like, of course, we don't need to know that. But it was a lot of confusion, especially in what appeared to be, and maybe this was our own doing, of like, oh, we'll bring 22 teams so we you know, can help the Pelicans' chances and uh, of maybe getting into the Mega Bowl, and that'll help some ratings, and we'll get some big games from him, and then he might even play LeBron. Like, that's what it was set up here, Trey. Like, and then the kids, they're not even playing. Like, this is a big game. They got the win, so maybe they're smarter than I am without him even playing, but they obviously don't really care at all at this point. To, they to should have just nice never team. blasted that gram of Zion looking jacked mm, before so. the thing restarted. <laughs> because you see that and you're like, this guy's going to be even better than he was before averaging 25 a game, making 75% of his shots. Now look at those muscles. He's unstoppable. And he gets out here and he's very stoppable. It's not necessarily the microwave mentality. Give us the toaster oven mentality. It's still pretty quick, but it's a little slower. And the quality of the food you're getting from mm. it is going to be better. You know, give me 25 minutes of Zion. Let him play back-to-backs. He's going to do it eventually. I mean, I understand they're taking it slow, but it would also be nice to see your rookie playing some games that he expected him to be playing had the season continued. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I agree, Skeets. There has been mixed messaging, or, or I think more accurately, an absence of messaging after... You know, all the announcements, hey, 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 Zion's coming back. Uh, then when he left, it seemed like he came back to a totally different plan. Yes. Like, that I mean, the, the thing changed. And, and Griffin went on after being ridiculed or being criticized, and, and he went on and said, he is under on the same plan as everybody else. If he's not in camp, then they've got to slow him down. I mean, it seems like it's a different plan. It doesn't seem like the exact same plan. But, yeah, things definitely changed when he left. And here we are. No toaster. No microwave, <laughs> no nothing. Not We're just talking campfire. about yeah, no campfire on the other side. I mean, Bradley Beal stayed home. He doesn't like the smell of campfire. So that game, <laughs> nobody wants that game. Nobody wants to watch uh, Wizards and Pels. Okay, I did. I did watch this. I, I didn't take a second nap, but. Um, yeah, it was a little disappointing. Well, I, I'm going to guess, Tess, that was the last time you'll be watching the Wizards in the bubble because they've officially been eliminated. Nice. They're, they're, they have no chance of even <laughs> uh, you know getting into the Mega Bowl in the Eastern Conference. That's <laughs> a wrap for them. Can't um, believe it. Anyway, I think I'm, I'm frustrated with the Zion thing because when he's playing, he's also still killing it. Like, he just came off like a 10 of 12 shooting in that King's loss and 24 minutes. Like, he was good. He's still dominant when he's out there, and it's like he wasn't playing 35 minutes. It's like he's playing 22 minutes. You guys are doing the burst. I get it. You know, we can argue about whether that's even smart, but okay, it's you got your game plan. Um, so, yeah, I just don't understand why he couldn't turn around with no flight. I mean, he's not. He's just going back to his hotel. He's getting treatment, I'm sure. Just seems a little strange. It just seems like they don't really care that much. And it sounds like that quote you're telling me from Swin Cash, I don't think they do. They are just taking... Big, big picture with them. And uh, hopefully it works out for them, for sure. 
All right, a couple other games. Nets defeated the Kings 119-106. The Kings are done. Kings are toast, speaking of toasters. <laughs> um, what an unbelievably disappointing end to their season. I know they're technically, I think, still alive. I think they have to win outright and have, uh, I guess, uh, Grizzlies or Blazers a lot of help. lose outright. Yeah, a lot of help. But they're done. And, I mean, they don't deserve to be playing in anything anyway. It's been, <laughs> I think they've been the most disappointing team, uh, Lee. You're, I don't know what your opinion on that is. but Because they're not this bad. <laughs> and uh, they were garbage down here. Like, left nothing to be desired. Well, unfortunately, it's the same old story with the Kings, you know. Um, you come into the season with a bit of hope and a bit of optimism. You sort of see, you know, Buddy and De'Aaron Fox. Maybe that's a nice backcourt there. Harrison Barnes, they re-signed him to the big deal. He's that veteran, you know, who's who's a good guy to have on your team. But uh, it just it always ends in disaster for the... Uh, for Is the, Luke Walton going to be coaching this team for, <sighs> for mean, the long haul here? I, I, I like... Uh, who knows? Who knows? I mean, uh, you know, Vladi and Vivek do get a little bit impatient there. I mean, the biggest thing is what happens with Bogdanovich for them, really, and uh, and if they can re-sign him. And I think that's going to be one of their priorities. But Buddy Heald, uh, he sat on the bench today. Uh, he, he played, but he, I think he, play, he he sat in the fourth quarter. And I think he's out of Sacramento. I don't think he wants to stay there. He's already kind of clashed with management. He's he's clearly, you know, a good shooter. He can be. He's, he's a very modern-day player, but he's a great three-point shooter. But... Um, they can't figure out a way to get that offense or just get that sort of consistency, get that sort of evolution, that improvement of a team that you think, okay, I can see where they're going. Because it feels like that every year around around this time, actually. August, <laughs> September usually is when you start thinking, oh, maybe the Kings this year. But uh, now we're seeing them in August and nope, just the same old, same old. Uh, it's just hard to see really, you know, I mean, they've got some good pieces there. You know, Bagley's good. Giles is good. Uh, you know, I mentioned uh, Bogdanovich, but it, it just doesn't, this, it doesn't seem to come together. And so uh, I think they're going to have to make some changes. I, um, I wonder how long Vladi will stay um, because he said a few years ago, remember, like, if it's not improving, I'll leave. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, it's about that time now. Yeah. Um, but again, that, that also starts at the top with Vivek. I mean, what's, what, what's his plan? You know, what, what, what does he want out of this team? What's he expecting to happen? Um, because if you're a Kings fan, it's very hard to think that going into next season, whenever that's going to start, that it's not just going to repeat itself, this cycle of, a few promising games and moments and players, but ultimately uh, they, they're not improving at all. They're just like this is a winnable water. game for the Kings here. They're playing oh the goddamn God. Nets who have nobody, and the Nets oh, just played way yeah. harder than them. That's it. Yeah. That's what it came down to. Like they, they like no fire from this team. I felt like all bubble long. It's like every time I watched a ton of the Kings play down here because they were on at the weird times, and it's like, where is it? And I love Fox, and I love Bungdanovich when he's on, and Buddies when he's on, and like yeah, they lost Bagley that ended up hurting, but like. I don't know. I, it's coming to me from like Luke Walton. I don't know if they just don't care about his lack of game plan, whatever his game plan is. Uh, he's just not good at like building up morale. I don't know. But there's little fight to this team. I'll tell you that. There's no chippiness. There's no like, oh, we're desperate. There's nothing, Tass. They're just flat. They were so flat to me. I got to be straight here. I, I feel like the Kings, I got no fight to enter this <laughs> argument. I got no fight to enter this discussion. I'm all Kings out. I'm all, you, what you guys said it enough. I, definitely could be a coaching change, but definitely some roster changes. And they thought that they were going to be a really good team this year. And that's why they signed Trevor Reza, Corey Joseph, and Dwayne Dedman. And not happening. The Nets, though, Trey, they did clinch a playoff spot. They're in, my man. The Brooklyn Woo! Nets. Man, that's so sweet. That's just so sweet for Joe Harris, headband Joe. 
Here's something that happens. If your name can have a Y added to it, if you can get a nickname from Lee Ellis, like a Joe to a Joey, they're putting Buckets as your nickname. Are you serious? Joe Harris is Joey Buckets? I don't think so. But there's Dougie McBuckets. There's Jimmy Buckets. Skeetsy Buckets. Tassie Buckets. It doesn't work for me and Lee, which is unfortunate. Uh, but come on. We got to do a little bit better. That being said, I saw Joe Harris shut down De'Aaron Fox on a drive once today. So maybe that's what you're speaking to, Skeets. Not enough fire from the Kings. If Ugh. Fox can't go around Joey Buckets, come on, he's not Joey defense. Yeah. No, it's, uh, uh, I will say, you know, speaking of looks, I've, I've the only thing I've liked from the Kings is uh, Nemanja Bjelica's look. Uh, the hockey hair he's got going on. <laughs> yeah, His locks are gorgeous. Well, <laughs> the only thing I've enjoyed watching the yeah. Kings this entire yeah, very time. Fluffy. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, can I throw this comment in? Because you, you said they clinch the playoff spot kd receives a one million dollar bonus <laughs> for them what a what an agent to throw you're gonna make the conference or the playoffs in the eastern conference and you get a bonus for that and obviously he didn't play a game that guy's a great agent that's smart yeah that's really good you Step know at the boardroom uh i don't know about you guys i talked to our agents uh we get a bonus if we hit 300 episodes this year <laughs> we're well on our way Let's we gotta it, get guys. some more cricket podcasts around here to let's bulk it out it. let's well, bring it yeah. oh well let's cricket forget cricket we're talking snooker on our next oh, podcast yeah this is how bo- okay. Everybody joining us live right now on YouTube or listening. This is how boring today's NBA action was. <laughs> Lee and our Slack channel, our NBA Slack channel says, "Hey, if you guys got free time today, check out this 12-minute snooker clip." And I watched it. That's how bad the NBA basketball was. So like, uh, all right, yeah. And you loved it, over. I'm sure. Wasn't well, it amazing? It was pretty fascinating. I sort of was trying to figure out what was going on. Um, it seemed like a hell of a comeback. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Oh, Lee, yeah. Like a, a miraculous comeback, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jamie um, Clark, was that his name? Uh, yeah, I can't remember his name. <laughs> it doesn't um, matter. Uh, but the thing is, the thing is, like, because that guy was down so much, and you saw he, what he had to do was he had to, like, get penalties against the other guy to bring his own score back yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. He had oh, to get gosh. snookers off him. Yeah, right? yeah. He, I think yeah. he had to, I think he made up 13 points in the end, which is unbelievable. And, uh, Man, then he pulled off that victory. It was incredible. I, I, I loved it because the world, I didn't realize, I didn't even realize the World Snooker Championship. I knew it would have been delayed. Everything had been delayed, but I didn't realize it was on right now. So, uh, oh, same, oh, so man. W- totally slipped my mind. Yeah. yeah. So that, oh, that happened like today or yesterday or something. I, like, I think it was on, uh, what day is today? It's Friday. I think it happened on Wednesday, actually. Oh, okay. yeah. Wow. But, uh, yeah. You very rarely see like such a big comeback like that. So, uh, I thought it was great. And a guy had 147, a, uh, a maximum break the other day too, like a Ryan, Ryan Setton getting a 300. Right. That was pretty good. And that was John Higgins, who's been around forever. I think it was his first one, which is incredible. Incredible. That's his first ever uh, maximum. Are you so, good uh, at billiards, Lee? Uh, no, I mean, like I used to play a little bit in, in London. On those full-size <laughs> snooker tables. Oh, those are tough, man. Oh, man, a game goes for 45 minutes when you're playing with friends because it's just enormous. Yeah. Uh, but it's a lot of fun having a couple of pints of Guinness and, uh, you know, yeah. You, you sort of lose track of score after a while, though. When do, you like, get, when do you become the best version of Lee Ellis on the billiards table? A couple, like two beers, two Guinness, three Guinness, I a think bit I'm, more? I think, I think between two and, and four and a half is when I can still play and then uh, and then it just gets out of hand. It gets a bit sloppy after Oh, that. what happens? Then we get you, hey, let's get him a shot knob. And then he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's a mess. All right. Yeah, that's how, that's how crazy today was. We were watching yeah. snooker highlights. Yeah. Great. 
I'll keep my eye on him. Sounds like I was the only one that watched the clip that Lee (laughs) shared, because you guys aren't chiming in much here. No, I didn't watch the snooker clip. Uh, Watch it, man. You'll love it. You'll love it. I'm good. I'm good. I got to catch up on bass fishing. Still trying to figure out how to work the Ned rig. Listen, we got bass fishing. We got Formula One. And now we got snooker. Yeah. I think I think there's I think there's a podcast there. Like uh, like let's just uh, let's uh, let's throw spike ball in the mix too. I was watching some. uh, I was watching the top ten spike ball plays from July. Yeah, yeah, I was watching that. That was a good month. July is one of the best months. uh, Great month. You know, it was uh, not everybody, but there was some people in the clips wearing masks while they were playing. So respect. Um, cause you're, they're you're not they're not for, part of the Corona spike ball then. That's no, good. That's no, good. No, That's no, good. no. Uh, all right, final game. Jeez, let's just get to it. Uh, Sixers defeated the Magic. This was the closest game. Saved it for the end. Uh, 108-101. So the Sixers, was a big win for them because they were still within striking distance of catching the Heat at number four and the Pacers at number five. Al Horford got the start. No Simmons. We talked about it. What will they do? Well, Coach Brown just goes, let's put Al Horford and his beautiful eyes in there. 21-9-2 from Al you know, Vooch and Embiid sort of canceled each other out, I thought, a little bit uh, in this in terms of their stats. But the Sixers didn't work on the boards uh, and second chance points. And they got the victory. Though, again, it was one of these Sixers games. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tass. Um, you're like, uh, good win, but uh, it was not not the prettiest. I mean, it was against the Magic. <laughs> like, no offense to the Magic, but they should probably be taking care of them a little bit better than a, than a somewhat close game, right? It was one of those games where every commentator around the game is questioning Joel Embiid's desire to get down in the post. That's mm-hmm. what the whole conversation was about until the second half. He he did step up in the third quarter. But I'm also one of those guys that questioned Joel Embiid's desire from game to game. And Charles Barkley came on and said, do you want to be an all-star or do you want to be a superstar? But he's also allowed to have a dud. He can have a dud. I, I think the problem is, as you're talking about the standings, though, uh, you know they're lining themselves up with the Celtics right now, uh, even though they're they're currently tied with the Pacers. That's going to be tough. That's going to it's going to be very tough. I think even though he has the matchup advantage and, and everything's going to run through Joel Embiid, but yeah, it was it was not impressive at all. I'm a little surprised. We talked about who they'd be starting. They went with Al Horford. I'm a little little surprised by that. They didn't go with a guard uh, just because the the uh, Embiid Horford situation hasn't worked all that well as far as spacing goes. But they beat the Magic. That's it. That's all. That's nothing more, nothing less. I don't think this really proved all that much. Yeah, Yeah, definitely not. It was the the Sixers again. It's just the Sixers being the Sixers. I actually think Embiid and Horford can work if it's just Embiid and Horford and Simmons isn't around, just like Simmons Mm. and Embiid works, just like Simmons and Horford works. The problem (laughs) is when you have all three of them together, so... Yeah, You know, it turned out okay. Stan Van Gundy said the difference was that in the second half, Joel Embiid had the disposition to dominate, and that's exactly what it was. He started going to the free throw line, he started playing closer to the basket, and he started racking up the fouls and, you know, scoring points and putting the team on his back. That's what he's got to do anytime that Simmons isn't out there, which is who knows how long it's going to be. Hopefully it's not that long for the Sixers, but... Um, I don't know. Beating the Magic isn't going to change anybody's mind, especially when it's a tale of two halves like it always seems to be. Mm. Uh, and, he was, and he was showboating a bit too, Joel Embiid, which is a, a sign that he's feeling good, you know, when he gets the arms out and he's uh, he's celebrating. But, yeah, he, he needs to look at, like, a matchup with Vucevic like he's like we saw him earlier against, like, someone like Jakob Perda where he can just bully them underneath. And, he, and, he, and it frustrates you when he doesn't do that, when he wants to just settle for those pretty little jump shots that don't go in. And it's like you keep the magic in the game by not putting them out of the game by when you, you want you want Steve Clifford to be like man we can't stop this guy he's going to have 45 tonight but instead 
it's almost like uh, with Embiid, you're like, just take control of the game now. Don't wait. Don't wait. Because right. when he right. does, when he does, he puts the game out of reach for the Magic. But uh, it just it sometimes takes him a little bit longer than you would like for him to, uh, to take that approach. But, you know, w- we may not see Simmons again. So um, for the Sixers, you know, this could be their lineup, uh, how they go forward with... Because, um, you know, I know you guys are talking about Furkan sort of starting, but... I think then you have Tobias Harris as your power forward and defensively, I just don't think that's going to be good enough for them. That's why I think they need Al Horford out there. I think they need another bigger, a bigger body. So, um, yeah, yeah. Oof. Tobias <laughs> though. I mean, Tobias had 23 again today, but man, he frustrates me on offense too. He, he, he seems to be so consistently inconsistent. You know, when they really need a basket, they cannot rely on him. But when they're up by six points, then he fills it up, you know. <laughs> that that uh, that that that's what I find with Harris. It's like you know he, he goes out and gets his again twenty three points, fifteen rebounds today. So you know statistically a good number, but will he be able to do that against Boston, against Toronto, you know, against Milwaukee? Like he, he'll probably get those same sort of numbers, but it just doesn't feel like it really impacts them as a, as much as it should, especially considering how much money they're paying him. So yeah. Well, we talked about, too, the possibility of maybe Burks. I mean, I threw him out there like, oh, maybe he goes in. He mm. didn't, of course. We said Horford started, but he had a great game for them off the bench. I mean, they, they need some scoring off the bench, and he brought it. Because if Dybul's going to be your defensive guy off the bench, that's fine. Burks was their, their scorer this one. 22 points, 3 of 7 from deep. You'll take that any day of the week. I don't care who it's against. So, I mean, that's good moving forward for them. Um, I still think Simmons is going to be back for the playoffs. Um, they're going to be cautious here. and These games really won't matter. It's not even that big a deal if they're playing. I don't think, like, we've debated, like, the Celtics or the Heat or the Pacers, like, wherever they would fall. I think the, the Sixers should feel like they could beat any of those teams, so you don't need to get Ben back to win a game to jump somebody. I hope, I, I expect them to see him back, but I think that's an interesting point you said there, Trey. Like, maybe it works, Horford and Bede, when there's no Simmons there because then it's not really three guys that can't shoot from, from distance all that well. Though there was a funny moment watching this game where... Embiid and, and Horford both went to post up like at the exact same time and they almost like comically bumped into each other and then they just both got out of the way it was only one time but thank god for uh thank god for Eagle and SVG on the call on this one because it was it was a bit of a yawner otherwise all day long guys sorry to, sorry to yeah. bring this negative energy here to the podcast to the YouTube but uh it just wasn't a great game we were due for one of these one of these uh, days where it wasn't that great but we got some is this news First one. Oh, God. Draymond Green, he used an inside the NBA studio appearance um, tonight, right? I guess it was tonight to make a plea to Suns guard Devin Booker to get out of Phoenix. Quote, it's great to see Book playing well and Phoenix playing well, but get my man out of Phoenix. That's what he said. It's not good for him. It's not good for his career. I need my man to go somewhere where he can play great basketball all the time and win because he's that type of player. Ernie Johnson, the GOAT. Happy belated birthday to Ernie Johnson. He says, hey, well, he's like something like, hey, isn't that tampering sort of joking? And Green said, maybe. So the headline here, Draymond Green wants Devin Booker bailed out of Phoenix. Task, get us started. Is this news what Draymond was saying on Inside? Mm, no, I don't think it's news. And I don't think it's tampering because the weird thing about it is when an active player is saying, hey, this guy's got to move, he's usually talking about his own team. But I don't think Draymond Green's talking about Devin Booker coming to his own team. He's just saying, get him a new spot. Get him somewhere else. And he just doesn't think Phoenix is a good enough organization, a good enough franchise, which has been talked about in years past, to cultivate a, a good team around Devin Booker. 
And it's a fair point. This is year five for Devin Booker. He has not made the playoffs. And I'm going to guess with the Grizzlies winning today, this is year five where he isn't going to make the playoffs uh, with this bubble situation. So that's Green, Draymond Green's opinion. Uh, I think he wants him yeah, to, to bounce somewhere else. Um, but it, it, it's it's odd for us because it's coming at this you know peak time for her for the the Suns yeah, and, and their the, timing where the Suns are undefeated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I understand. I listen. I, I don't know the ins and outs of the Suns organization, but you look at a Bradley Beal situation in, in Washington, or you know as a more optimistic uh, feel, you look at the Damian Lillard situation in Portland. So you know there's those two extremes of life lifer type guys on teams. Sometimes it goes the way of the Wizards. Sometimes it goes the way of the Blazers. It looks like it's an upturn, Draymond. Have you been watching? Things are looking good. Uh, and I assume he has been watching because he is pretty good on the desk. He was he was really good in Shaq seat today. That's all I got to say. I think, I, I, listen, let's, I guess what I want to say is, Draymond, let's wait a few games, man. They're, pl- <laughs> they're playing okay. They're playing, they're playing pretty okay. And then you can say it if you want to say it. But he, maybe he knows more than about the organization than I do. Maybe, Maybe it is a situation. Yeah, but he's he still feels- hating on Devin Booker and the Suns at the peak of his career at the Suns. Like, this is the best moment the Suns have had in five seasons. This is the best moment the Suns have been having since Devin Booker came to town. And, you know, they're asking about him. as like, he's got to get out of there, despite the fact that this is the best they have ever been right now and the most optimistic people have been since he's been there. That's a bad look. Um, I don't know. I hope Draymond's ready to get booed the rest of his career in Phoenix. <laughs> I think he'll be fine yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah, but like, come on, hating on him right away? It's like, how did this yeah. guy become a 50-year-old man instantly? Mm. I, I I, actually don't think this is news at all, and I was shocked how sort of much play this got, and maybe that just, again, speaks to how sort of boring the day was, that uh, this was suddenly like, you know, going around on Twitter and all these headlines, and we got it here on the show. I think Draymond was actually just ribbing Charles Barkley because yeah, if you remember he played for the Phoenix Suns I feel like that's maybe all it was Lee am I crazy like he's like you know they're he's trying to play the Shaq role they know we've yeah. got the beef between them he's trying to get a TV deal after his career is over he's not bad at it in terms of like saying crazy things and being a charismatic on screen and stuff like that I think he was just making a crack at like who the hell would play for Phoenix hey eh, Chuck you know I <laughs> It might be that, no? Uh, I, I guess so. I, I saw it more as Draymond has had some battles with the Suns and he's been booed what there. What battles? Well, I just, you know, they play a lot. They play a lot against Phoenix. Okay, they're in the same battle. 30-point wins. We keep Draymond, them down. Draymond knows that, like, yeah, people, the only, you know, you either support Draymond or you're against him. And I think he's one of those guys who feels that the entire league is against him and the Warriors. So he's like, I don't care. I'm just going to say this. I Like... He's at that stage of his career now where he's like, I don't care what anyone says. I've got my championships. I know I'm a, I'm a star player. I've got my money, so I don't care. So and, he's and retired? What? Come on, man. I'm just I'm just saying like he he's not he he doesn't go on the TV to try to be like I don't want to say anything and upset people. He's like I'm just no, going to say no, what I want. No, that's true. He wants to be Barkley 2.0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Retires. I mean, and and he's just he's just going to say whatever he wants. Um, but I would like to hear what he would think if someone like Giannis Let's say he said, uh, "Well, why doesn't Steph Curry just get out of uh, Golden State? Then they they didn't make the playoffs last year. They have to. They got too much on their payroll. They have to get rid of someone. Why don't you just come and play with the with the Bucks or something like that? I mean, then then Draymond would uh, have things to say about it. But 
Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's Draymond. This is exactly what he's going to be like in five years or so when he's retired. He's just gonna he's gonna go on like Fox Sports or he's gonna go on ESPN and just say whatever the hell he wants yeah. and not care. Yeah. So, he's gonna get paid a lot of money to do it. Exactly for sure. Exactly. I, I mean, I was thinking about it. Uh, maybe I've forgotten something. You guys tell me. It was like since the bubble has started, since we've had games on TNT, we've had inside. I couldn't really think of like um I don't know like a viral inside moment since being back in the bubble. Ernie Johnson did his sprint yesterday, got to the board. <laughs> I'm so f***ing tired of this racing to the board. It oh, is he's... not funny at all. It has <laughs> been funny for two years now, Tass. Wow. Uh, they, they actually, they did a good job today. <sighs> Draymond raced today. Oh, I, I saw Barclay. it. I saw it. It was hilarious. Yeah. Well, no, the Barkley, the Barkley <laughs> Kenny one, the Barkley Kenny yesterday. Did you see the Barkley looking? They slowed down. They slowed down. I don't down. care. It's so dumb. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> hey, it went viral. Has anything gone viral from this show? No. No. We can't race each other in person. It'd be <laughs> amazing. Ernest um, got strides like It'd be so like funny. We would drive it into the ground. I just like, I was like, okay, we're getting, I I don't like that bit anymore. I just don't think it's been funny for two years. But has there been like something that one of the guys said or something like that, that had like, you know, sort of blown up? I couldn't think of it. So this was the first thing. My point is, kudos to Draymond Green for saying something that got all the buzz, got all the tweets, got me all fired up. No? What? You think Booker should leave Phoenix as well? No, he's not going anywhere. He just signed an extension. That, uh, what, doesn't expire well, until, like, 2024? Yeah, it only kicked in this season. This season it kicked in, so, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I'm just saying kudos to Draymond for getting all the tweets. Of like, being oh. a hater, being a straight-up hater. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not, I don't disagree with that. Uh, hold on, hold on. This running to the board bit you still think is funny? No. Are we talking about the running to the <laughs> no, board I mean, No, I mean, well, like, t- oh, like, I go no, out and I do like stuff at halftimes. Yeah, it's a halftime show. Think about a halftime show. They actually turned a, a running bit. Ernie Johnson, the day before his birthday, he beat Kenny to the board. They had a couple slow-mos of Charles. Charles was looking to his right, wondering if Kenny was going to go. They slowed it down. They ran that. They rolled that back. It was funny. That part was funny. Yeah, you should have seen it. You haven't seen it, so you don't know. It's not. Tell me another halftime show. It was show. funny three Tell years me. ago. It, but no, but that they've been doing this for funny. how long? I swear to God, five years maybe. Okay, but what? Regardless, you didn't see it was funny. But tell me another halftime show that gets any moment that makes any moment funny. No, there are no halftime shows. We that talked make about any shot knobs funny. last night for ten minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know. You're right, you're right. It's a bit. I get it. It's a bit, but I can also say I don't find the bit funny anymore. I think you've tuned out of that world because they've had they've had some moments. They've had some. Mo- they've definitely had some moments. What? I don't know. <laughs> Tell you. Get the YouTube chat to correct me. What moment have I have I forgotten from the bubble restart? My point was that's great. Draymond got one. Like, oh, we got the buzz of uh, of that show. They say something controversial. Something funny happens, whatever, and it's like, whoa, yeah, this is this is something here. This is this in the zeitgeist. Uh, but I felt like it just hadn't happened up to this point, and maybe that's a, the whole bubble thing has a part to do with it too. And right, the fun. Suns, the Suns could be better. I know this isn't the right time to be criticizing them, but it, it is a low bar since he's gotten there. They've averaged like twenty-four wins over the last five years, and it's time to turn it around. But yeah, it was the wrong, it was bad timing by Draymond. Bad timing. Oh sure, if this is. Next season and the Suns... No, well, well, I would just even say next season and they're like stuck at 20 wins again and it's like, here we're back into March or whatever, whenever the regular season is, like the equivalent of that, like deep into it. It's like, yeah, this is... You're gonna... That's gonna start 
that support of like save him, get him out of there, that will be a that'll be a thing. I agree with that, but yeah, the timing of this one is weird just because they're the best team in there right now. Technically. Uh, and we'll see if they can make it in. Alright, final one here. Uh, maybe I'm grouchy. I just gotta go to bed. Uh, <laughs> headline is NBA may bring eight non-bubble teams to Orlando after the postseason is set. Is this news? Trey, you gotta start. Is this news? This is a little bit of news. I didn't think anything would happen, period, with the delete eight. I was a zero on a one to ten scale. Now I'm feeling like more of a two. Something could happen. It feels very strange that this is pitched as it's almost going to come down to are we going to bring teams in to do mini camps or are we going to let coaches see their families after three months? I don't like the sound of that. That's a a strange decision for the league to have to make. Um, but it sounds like something might happen. You know, the the Players Association has been saying that if we're going to do anything with these Delete 8 teams, it's got to be on the same level of safety as it has been in Orlando. So the easiest thing to do would be when eight teams leave, we just come right into Orlando. We've already got that part of it figured out. Surely there would have to be pre-quarantines and all this kind of stuff that they would do protocols. But... You know, I guess the original report about nobody's talking about anything happening got people to start talking about something happening. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mess with the bubble. Uh, I would allow the families in, but I wouldn't want all those other extra teams and players coming in myself. It's working for them right now. And I think uh, I just think you, you're just risking that someone's going to come in there and potentially, let, let's say, like, like, like the Bulls come in and someone from the Bulls has the virus and spreads it around. Wouldn't that just be a disaster for the league? If one of those teams, uh, you know, got infected another team somehow. I mean, so far from what everything we've seen, you know, everyone has to quarantine and the rules are so strict. So it probably wouldn't happen. But if it did, mm-hmm. then uh, that could really derail everything that's been going on down there. And I, I just wouldn't take that risk myself. I would try to do it somewhere else. I mean, there's got to be another another place somewhere where you can uh, make it happen and um and, and just financially, keep Lee, that would uh, cost yeah, a fortune know, to do. I That's know, why this does sort of make sense. Like if you and like, it, if a hotel opens up here on this campus in the bubble, and you can just bring these teams and even yeah. somewhat keep them apart, maybe you just give them one of the arenas, and you don't even have to worry about that, like for a couple of weeks or whatever. Like I don't know. Yeah. I, that part makes sense yeah. to me, actually. It, well, well, because the infrastructure's it, it, in place. Yeah, no, I know, and that's why I think the NBA is probably tempted to be like, listen, this is working, so let's get them in here and just so that they can do it here, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just feel if you're bringing that many people, it, it just creates a little bit more of a, a situation of risk. And I mean, it's going to be risky when you bring families in, of course, you know, because yeah. they're all going to have to uh, abide by the quarantine rules and, and abide by the mask wearing and everything like that the entire time they're there. So it's going to be a risk no matter what. Um, but with the players and everything, it just sort of feels like don't sort of rock that boat too much, I think. But uh where, yeah, where else are they going to go that's sort of ready-made and they know can work? That's probably the, the biggest question they're facing and they don't want to have to go to you know Las Vegas or Houston or New Orleans or those one of those other places that was being talked about. The report was that they would be coming as soon as the NBA finals were over, essentially, right? And mm, oh. No, I, that's not what I saw. I saw, yeah. like, actually when we get rid of six teams here yeah, that's uh, and go to too. the postseason – that would open up, obviously, a bit of room, and that maybe that's when they would come. That's the and, possibility. And, yeah. and stick at that one hotel. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, there's logic behind it for sure. If, if yeah, it's just a whole new batch of people that you got to deal or implement and also teach and also hope uh, that, you know, they follow all the protocols. So 
it's logical. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you want to mess with it? I don't know. I, I assumed that this would be after everybody else left and then they could just sort of be on the campus themselves because I, I know the timeline doesn't really make sound like it makes sense, but I assume that next season is going to get pushed back even further and that there's right. going to be a, a nice chunk of time in between seasons because just because we definitely aren't gonna or we're not gonna have fans at the end of this year at the end of this calendar year so i think the further that the nba pushed it back the more likely they're gonna have fans so i could see them bringing teams down there just for a little training session in the end of october early november and then have a couple months off and then have a you know training camp like the ringer was saying that the season could start in january i could see it starting in february or march i know it sounds a little weird but i, I think the nba has shown that it's adaptable that mm-hmm. the season doesn't really matter when it starts or ends you know depending on concerts and depending on ticket sales and all that and obviously tv but you can make it work and people want sports even in the summer so uh, i think just because they want fans in it could be pushed even later and you just shove them in the uh, the floridian for october 15th to november 15th and there they had their camp draymond green was asked about it he said second bubble what's that the gus macker toilet bowl that's what you want us to go play in? I couldn't believe someone dropped a Gus Macker toilet bowl reference. This guy is from the Midwest, no doubt about it. You Excellent. had Gus Macker cool. too, right? We had it up in Canada. Oh, oh it was yeah. A great tournament. See you in Peoria. <laughs> we, played in, uh, we played in London or Kitchener. Maybe both, actually. Uh, Gus Macker coming through the Ontario. Oh, that Great little turn. dancing basketball guy. I've been looking at some vintage Gus Macker shirts. Uh, yeah. Actually, get for a nice t- price on Somewhat eBay. similar to sort of this look, right? Um, not dissimilar. From Arturo Draws, yeah. The shoot your shot guy. Yeah. I love that. Right. And it was, it legit was called the toilet bowl, too. Like, if you <laughs> lost and you went to that side of the bracket. That's pretty amazing when you think Oh, I wouldn't it. know. Oh, no. nice. Nice, nice, nice. You're telling me Draymond Green brought up Gus Macker. He said Those... Gus Macker toilet bowl. Those yeah. guys are hilarious. That didn't go viral? I'm surprised. He said it on the podcast, huh? he said it on the steam room. Ah, the steamer. Yeah. Uh, so so listen, listen, Skeets, back to the inside of the NBA guys. Yeah, are, you yeah. telling me, are you telling me if the four of us were doing a show for 45 years or however long that they've been doing it, and and Kenny goes to the board every day. Okay, Lee goes to the board every day or every show, essentially yeah. every halftime show. Somebody wouldn't run with him. You're a liar. Somebody would, uh, I, and and we would I'm do it over and over and over again. I'm not saying that they should stop doing it, Tass, it, but again. I think it's a little funny that then it happens and then immediately. And I love the people at uh, Inside and the people they got working on their social media team that it's like clipped right away and blasted. And it's like crying emojis, like oh my god, Draymond beat Draymond beat Kenny to the board. Yeah, that what? one wasn't it's as good. So- it's not funny anymore. It's just my point. I mean, you can drive the joke into the ground. God, guilty is charged here on uh, No Dunks slash the starter slash the basketball Jones. But uh, I can find it the not toilet funny bowl. anymore. Yeah, yeah, you can. Uh, the other one was better yesterday with the Ernie. Okay, okay. And, and I'll, I will seek out that one. If Ernie's involved, anything's funnier. <laughs> yeah, because he um, never goes to the board. He never but the, goes But to the, the Shaq always, like, maybe doing it and whatever. Like, it was funny at the beginning is what I'm saying. And it is la- it's just lost its luster to me. I don't, I'm not mm. giggling or laughing anymore. At, uh, <laughs> at, at a pro- I'm not laughing at a professional athlete in Draymond Green outracing Kenny to the board. Oh yeah, that's why. That's why Kenny didn't go. Is because he didn't want to. Can't be the guy in the league. Come oh, on. Yeah. 
I'm just right. picturing Skeet staring death-faced at his TV in between halves. <laughs> I'm it's, not it's, laughing at this. It's <laughs> better not run to that board. It's less the TV and it's more the uh, the clip going up. And like people in the comments like, classic, this is hilarious. It's like, what? Uh, maybe that's how desperate we are for a laugh. Fair enough. Um, little boy, little boy. Ooh. Rough day, rough night for Woboy. I'm not going to lie, guys. Honorable mentions to Karis LeVert and Bede. Harris did have a decent game, even though we were ripping him. But I'm going to give it to Ish Smith. In a loss, doesn't matter. We've already made that very clear. Doesn't matter. Trey shaking his head. Ish doesn't Smith. Matter. 18 points, 7-16 shooting, 2 for 2 at the line. He had 2 threes, 10 assists, though, 6 boards. And this is probably what got him over the rest of the guys. He had 4 steals. And I just wanted to give it to Ish Smith. I felt like that uh, giving Ish Smith Woboy really summed up Friday from the NBA bubble yeah, action. Yeah, yeah. You know? I uh, do feel like Ish Smith probably has a Woboy at some point in his career. He's been playing for like 20 years, and he always ends up on these teams that are you know on the fringe of finally starting to be competent. And he puts up huge numbers at the end of the season. He had to have had like a 30.15 assist yeah. or something random like that. Yeah. Hey, I just thought about it. I was just looking at some of your rooms. Wouldn't work for Tass, but I'm seeing uh, Lee there. I know Trey's got some room up in his uh, living room. Hey, should we race to see who can touch the back wall the quickest? <laughs> you guys want to go? Count down? Huh? That's the only reason we don't race on our show. Everybody knows you're the fastest, man. <laughs> All right, Lee, tweet of the night. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. And I swear to God, if it's the tweet of Draymond Green racing Kevin <laughs> Smith, I'm going to flip this table. Yeah, what do you got? Tweet of the night. Yeah, yeah, well, before I get to that, it was a rough night all around, even on the diamond. Gudgy. Four ABs and three Ks. He even had a get-up. He had a get-up, man. It was a rough old night for uh, for Judgy. But this game, 1-0. Tampa Bay won 1-0 against the Yankees. So, uh, yeah, this, and, uh, Baseball. Baseball reference that we know. Well, and, this, and the winning pitcher, yeah, he only went two IPs. I mean, uh, so oh, that's, yeah. 10, wow. Oh, man, what a rough old night on the on the sports field tonight but you know um, <laughs> yeah, at least look, the snooker was good eh? Oh, this, yeah and that was that was three days ago as well so um, anyway instead of a tweet I've got a little poem about Ish winning um, winning uh, wall boy ready who am I my name is Ish on my hand I have a dish I have this dish to help me wish when I wish to make a wish. I wave my hand with a big swish swish. Then I say I wish for fish and I get fish right on my dish. So if you wish to make a wish, you may swish for fish with my ish wish dish. That's it. Beautiful. Wow. How many characters was that? <laughs> a few. <laughs> wow, he doesn't it just gets rid of the tweet of the night for a children's story. I love it. Uh, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish is a classic. We love it in our house. Yeah, it's still like every night type thing, or no, not every night, but uh, once a week we get it out for sure because it's a longy. It's a longy. Oh yeah, it's a longy. It? What's your favorite yeah. uh, little subsection, Lee? In uh, our house, for me, it's uh, I'm a gox. I like to box uh, in my yellow gox box socks. Absolutely, I don't, I don't mind the gox. I like the gox. Um, Crowd the, favorite, the, the of gack. I don't mind ringing the gack as well. You ring the gack. Um, yeah. Oh, Mr. Yeah. Womp has a seven hump gump. Or wait, the other way around. Yeah, yeah. And uh, mm. and the and the uh, and the nook, Mr. Nook, who can read the cookbook, but then he can't read. So what good to a nook is a is a, is a, is a, a cookbook. A yeah. cookbook, yeah. Wow. Uh, have you read this book too when you could back in the day uh, would go and read to classrooms and stuff like that? 
No, it's too long. It's too long. Yeah, when you've got three-year-olds, you can't have a book that long. When you've got a class of them, when it's your own kid, it's not too bad. But uh, when you've got 15 or 20 of them, like, you got to get in and out, man, in and out. What's the best book that, you know, what are we talking, C-Spot Run here or what? Oh, Brown Bear, Brown Bear. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Brown Bear or... uh, I see a red bird looking at me. Yeah, yeah, they're they're pretty good ones. They're pretty good ones. Um, I think the best one is... um, What's it called? It's uh, I can't think of it right now, but it's a. Uh, it's a okay. Yep. Yeah, look it up. Yeah. Let me see if I can find it. Go to the library real quick. <laughs> oh, I got to clip. I got to clip this off. This <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'll run it back tomorrow night. Um, okay. We actually got something special here for a Friday. Let's try and save this podcast with a little five-star Friday tray. Maybe explain for the new listener what the hell that even means. Because it's a new segment here on the podcast, at least. New segment, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. But maybe the first Friday of every month, I will read five five-star reviews from our Apple Podcast listeners. Because... Uh, the reviews really help us move up and down the rankings, hopefully always up until we get to the top and we'll stay there. We need your stars, and they make us laugh. So here's our first one. It comes from P. Daddy Silos, and the title of this one is the snorting face emoji. Uh, The commenter says, I haven't left one of these yet because, frankly, I'm an ingrate. But in the last episode (laughs) of the bubble wrap, the boys said Five Star Friday was making a comeback. At that moment, it became personal to me. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. All right, this one is from Best fishing podcast there is. Do you love to fish? <laughs> Do you like the idea of fishing but refuse to touch those gross, slimy things? Do you like white dudes with beards? Then look no further. Rippin' Lips is the best fishing podcast around. It's field and stream for the digital age. They go on weird tangents about basketball and other hobbies sometimes, but I always just fast forward through that part. Tune up. Love you, Pikes. Reel them. Five stars. Excellent. Excellent. Next comes from Pat Garnett, who says he's been a fan since TBJ. That's uh, the title of his review. He says, solid show for a long time. Skeets could relax a bit, though. Fancies himself a bit of a creative. <laughs> relax, bro. Five stars. Actually, I saw that one. I was like... <laughs> Thank you. Five stars. Definitely, I could relax as we learned tonight. But like the creative part, like, what is he talking about? Was it the ad read where I rapped? Like, what? What? what yeah, you, I, it must what be that. We'll have to follow that. up. You know, leave another five star review and let us know specifically what about you? What about Skeets? He needs to relax, bruh. About. Creatively, yeah. Creatively. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next one's from Mood Ring. In all caps, the title: Absolutely no dunks. The review in all caps. They are serious. One of them says he can touch rim, but that probably isn't even true anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a challenge. Yeah, we can can make that happen. And our last one comes from Dr. Leevil. And this is a great review of what our show... (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Leevil. L-E-E, though. So uh, I don't know. It's a double entendre there. Anyways, it's a great summation of our show. Uh, The title, No Chumps Here. Listen to this podcast to hear one talented producer take the ramblings of four friends discussing cricket, pocket dogs, survivor, and composting, and turn it into a basketball podcast. Magical. Five stars. Oh, there you go, JD. Nice. I love it. It's a really sub. Thanks, up our Mom. Podcast for sure. Yeah. Five stars. Yeah, Rachel, Rachel sent that one in. Ah, that's very nice. Uh, all right, five star Friday. Yeah, and I know you posted some to our Instagram story as well, Trey. Uh, and thank you to everybody. There was a lot. Uh, you know, we asked a couple nights there, and uh, we continue to do so. And you guys came through in flying colors. Keep them coming. It does help us in terms of the rankings. 
Why? No one's really sure. iTunes is really <laughs> weird, but uh, just drop those five stars and make sure you download and, uh, of course, tell your friends about the show. All right, pick them results. Look, we all had the Raptors winning tonight uh, to win by four or more versus the Beantown Boys from Boston, and the Celtics just hammered them as we talked about at the start of the show, so that's a loss for everybody. Everybody losing, so, uh, you know, nothing's really changed from the night before, but what's our pick for Saturday, Tess? Five games on Saturday, triple header on TNT, so get ready for those halftime viral moments pumping out of there. Uh, First one, it's an early one, 1 o'clock Eastern. The Clippers visiting the Blazers. It's a big one because the Blazers trying to fight their way into this mega bowl. They're currently in ninth, so they would be playing the Grizzlies if the season ended today. But a tough one against the Clippers, who have played them pretty well this season. They've won both matchups. But, like we've seen other teams, with other teams, will they be resting, guys? Will they be sitting a Kawhi or a PG as their stronghold on the second seed looks to be getting stronger and stronger? They're a game and a half up on the Nuggets. So, four and a half points is the spread. Blazers are the underdogs, although that spread is going down a little bit. It looks like people are putting their money on the Blazers, but we'll stick with four and a half. What you got? Who wants to get a start? Uh, I'll go. I'll go first. Sorry, they were just showing uh, the tomato that looks like Larry Bird on inside. I love this show. That's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Um, I'll go Blazers. I'll go. This will be a close game. I'm not even convinced that the Blazers win it, but I do think uh, maybe it's just because we had such a dud of a day today. We're gonna we're gonna get some close games on Saturday, and we're gonna have a fun podcast tomorrow night talking about them. So give me the Blazers to cover the four and a half. I'm also a Blazers man uh, for tomorrow's game. It means a lot more to them than the Clippers. The Clippers still are in a little bit of a race for the second seed, I suppose. They're a game and a half up on the Nuggets, but it's pretty much a done deal. Maybe they'll shut it down early and Portland is able to keep it close or pull out the win. Yeah, I'm also Blazers. uh, I mean, those earlier games, obviously, Nurk didn't play against the Clippers, but I'm a little concerned, of course, with the defense there. Of the Clippers, they can sort of uh, put the clamps on Dame and CJ a little bit, but uh, Gary Trent Jr. has been bailing them out, so I feel as well that the the Blazers don't have to win, they just have to keep it close, and I think they will. Yeah, give me the clamps. Lockdown on Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. The Clips with the clamps. I'm taking the Clippers minus four and a half. I think Mm. they'll take care of business, but who the heck knows? Who the heck? The Blazers are not super convincing against the, the Nuggets third stringers there uh, in the last game, but they definitely need it more, so this could be a stupid pick. I'm going clip the three of you guys, Blazers. That's right. All right, let's call it there. Somehow, this turned into one of our longer bubble wraps. Not sure how that's possible with the games we had, but hopefully you guys had fun listening and watching and joining us live on YouTube. If you did, keep emailing your questions and comments to nodunksatthetheathletic.com. Subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Do your thing there. Listen to the pod on iTunes and leave those sweet five-star ratings and reviews. We will be back tomorrow, late Saturday night, following, I think it's the Bucks mavericks game on ESPN. But uh, just make sure you hit that little notification, little bell there on YouTube, and you'll know when we're firing it up live, sometimes like we did tonight. Get it going a little bit early if we have a blowout late. All right, Clipper bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Hawaiian pizza is good, as my man Brad Beatson says. Embrace the night, people. You could stay. Ooh, every day.